Today is the 21st day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today. As we do what we always do, gather around the global campfire and take another step forward in the scriptures as we move through all of the scriptures in a year. And we are in the book of Ezekiel. We won't be in Ezekiel for too much longer. We're nearing the end, but we're in the book of Ezekiel at the present in the Old Testament. So let's dive in. Today, Ezekiel chapters 42 and 43. Then the man led me out of the temple courtyard by way of the north gateway. We entered the outer courtyard and came to a group of rooms against the north wall and the inner courtyard. This structure, whose entrance opened toward the north, was 175 feet long and 87 and a half feet wide. One block of rooms overlooked the 35-foot width of the inner courtyard. Another block of rooms looked out onto the pavement of the outer courtyard. The two blocks were built three levels high and stood across from each other. Between the two blocks of rooms ran a walkway 17 and a half feet wide. It extended the entire 175 feet of the complex, and all the doors faced north. Each of the two upper levels of rooms was narrower than the one beneath it because the upper levels had to allow space for walkways in front of them. Since there were three levels, and they did not have supporting columns as in the courtyards, each of the upper levels was set back from the level beneath it. There was an outer wall that separated the rooms from the outer courtyard. It was 87 and a half feet long. This wall added length to the outer block of rooms, which extended for only 87 and a half feet, while the inner block, the rooms toward the temple, extended for 175 feet. There was an eastern entrance from the outer courtyard to these rooms. On the south side of the temple, there were two blocks of rooms just south of the inner courtyard between the temple and the outer courtyard. These rooms were arranged just like the rooms on the north. There was a walkway between the two blocks of rooms just like the complex on the north side of the temple. This complex of rooms was the same length and width as the other one and it had the same entrances and doors. The dimensions of each were identical, so there was an entrance in the wall facing the doors of the inner block of rooms and another on the east at the end of the interior walkway. And the man told me, These rooms that overlook the temple from the north and south are holy. Here the priests who offer sacrifices to the Lord will eat the most holy offerings, and because these rooms are holy, they will be used to store the sacred offerings, the grain offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. When the priests leave the sanctuary, they must not go directly to the outer courtyard. They must first take off the clothes they wore while ministering, because these clothes are holy. They must put on other clothes before entering the parts of the building complex open to the public. When the man had finished measuring the inside of the temple area, he led me out through the east gateway to measure the entire perimeter. He measured the east side with his measuring rod, and it was 875 feet long. Then he measured the north side, and it was also 875 feet. The south side was also 875 feet, and the west side was also 875 feet. 
So the area was 875 feet on each side with a wall all around it to separate what was holy from what was common. After this, the man brought me back around to the east gateway. Suddenly, the glory of the God of Israel appeared from the east. The sound of his coming was like the roar of rushing waters, and the whole landscape shone with his glory. This vision was just like the others I had seen, first by the Kabar River, and then when he came to destroy Jerusalem. I fell face down on the ground, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the east gateway. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner courtyard, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple, while the man who had been measuring stood beside me. The Lord said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place where I will rest my feet. I will live here forever among the people of Israel. They and their kings will not defile my holy name any longer by their adulterous worship of other gods or by honoring the relics of their kings who have died. They put their idol altars right next to mine with only a wall between them and me. They defiled my holy name by such detestable sin, so I consumed them in my anger. Now let them stop worshiping other gods and honoring the relics of their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. Let them study its plan, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch, so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple. Absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the basic law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar. There is a gutter all around the altar, 21 inches deep and 21 inches wide, with a curb 9 inches wide around its edge. And this is the height of the altar. From the gutter, the altar rises 3.5 feet to a lower ledge that surrounds the altar and is 21 inches wide. From the lower ledge, the altar rises seven feet to the upper ledge that is also 21 inches wide. The top of the altar, the hearth, rises another seven feet higher, with a horn rising up from each of the four corners. The top of the altar is square, measuring 21 feet by 21 feet. The upper ledge also forms a square measuring 24 and a half feet by 24 and a half feet, with a 21-inch gutter and a 10.5-inch curb all around the edge. There are steps going up the east side of the altar. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for the burning of offerings and the sprinkling of blood when the altar is built. At that time, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who minister before me, are to be given a young bull for a sin offering, says the Sovereign Lord. You will take some of its blood and smear it on the four horns of the altar, the four corners of the upper ledge, and the curb that runs around the ledge. 
This will cleanse and make atonement for the altar. Then take the young bull for the sin offering and burn it at the appointed place outside the temple area. On the second day, sacrifice as a sin offering a young male goat that has no physical defects. Then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again, just as you did with the young bull. When you have finished the cleansing ceremony, offer another young bull that has no defects and a perfect ram from the flock. You are to present them to the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to the Lord. Every day for seven days, a male goat, a young bull, and a ram from the flock will be sacrificed as a sin offering. None of these animals may have physical defects of any kind. Do this each day for seven days to cleanse and make atonement for the altar, thus setting it apart for holy use. On the eighth day, and on each day afterward, the priests will sacrifice on the altar the burnt offerings and peace offerings of the people. And I will accept you. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. James 5 Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of Heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath, by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. 
confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Psalm 119, 1-16 Aleph Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees, and I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Et. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Proverbs 28, 6, and 7 Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. Young people who obey the law are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. Okay, so we concluded the letter of James today and like in many of the letters, the final words of encouragement, they, they leave us with something a posture that we can live into, something that we can be aimed at. Let's remember James was, was written to brothers and sisters who were Hebrew and who had been dispersed and had to relocate because of persecution. And so listen to these words as James concludes. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Right, so that would be incredibly encouraging for people who have who are facing hardship or are feeling pressed in in some sort of way means those are encouraging words for all of us on some level 
we're reminded that whatever we're going through right now is a part of a larger process. This isn't the beginning or the end. This is part of a process. And if we can practice patience and endurance, we will learn everything that the process has for us, which can be so hard. Uh, not just because it's really, really difficult to be patient and it's near impossible to be patient when you're suffering. You, it's hard to think about anything else, but what's immediately in front of you, the pain that's upon you. And we also live in this culture that's like, yeah, you should be able to find a way to get that fixed right now. You're sad? Take this pill. You won't be sad anymore if it only worked that way. Sanctification doesn't work that way either. It's a process. It's a planting, a sowing and reaping. A farmer can't plant a seed and then go out and harvest the crop the next day. It's in the waiting that we find ourselves grumbling like the children of Israel. And James speaks to that. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. This is an immediate thing. This is a now thing. This isn't something that we get to. It's something that we practice now in the season that we are in. And then finally, James just closes out. Pretty popular passage of scripture. Any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are you happy? You should rejoice. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And then confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So just a couple of days to go through James. James, I say it's the butt kicker. And those of you who have been around, I mean, it is. Go back and read James. It's not that long. You could read it. In a half an hour, probably, go back and read James and you'll see it's in your face. Not to be confrontational, but but to not be nuanced so much either. It's pretty direct. And so we have had plenty to consider. And James was honest with us as we were able to consider. And so we should be honest with ourselves. We should be honest with God and we should make the necessary changes that are the invitation of James, that we may be doers and not only hearers of God's word. And so, Father, we invite you into that. So often we think we are doing that. We are being doers. Where, where when we look at it in some other area of our lives, we couldn't be anything but... We live in all kinds of places, in all kinds of situations, and you have invited us to live true in all situations at all times by living our faith through the actions of our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Help us to harmonize what we do with what we say and make those things true of us. In the name of Jesus, we ask, DailyAudioBible.com is the website. That is home base. It's where you can find out what's going on around here. I, 
I mentioned yesterday uh, about the new granddaughter, about the new Daily Audio baby, Finley, who was born to us a, a few weeks ago. China has come in here to the studio today and has uh, agreed to come here and tell us a little bit. So here, here's China. Hello. Well, my name is China. <laughs> if you don't know me, um, I stepped away from the DABC about a month ago, a little bit over a month ago, I think at this point, um, because I had our second baby. And um, so we had our second daughter a month ago today. And uh, yeah, so a month ago today, which is crazy to think about how fast it goes by. Um, our second daughter, Finley Beck Brown was born and she's here with me right now. <laughs> um, so if you hear those little newborn noises, that's, that's who it is. Um, but we had I had such a, a beautiful, uh, really seamless birth. It went so well. Uh, everything that I had prayed for came into fruition. The Lord definitely showed so much kindness and it was so redemptive. My first birth was really um, challenging and it definitely did not go the way that we had planned or the way that we had hoped, which birth honestly rarely does and you sometimes just have to make peace with it but it took me a long time to uh so this time around there's it's just such a big story but um yeah so a month ago we had Finley at home and she was born perfectly and beautifully and it was such a peaceful uh delivery even though you know it's birth it's not easy it's not you're not having fun <laughs> it's hard work it's the hardest thing i think that women go through and especially if you choose to do it uh, unmedicated it is you <laughs> hit the absolute ends of yourself and you are clinging on to jesus to really get you through it um and so yeah there was just so many sweet moments especially just praying for it to be like an eight hour labor and it was from start to finish and praying that if my daughter Reagan wanted to be a part of it, that she would wake up and get to be part of it and um, and to labor through the middle of the night. And so both those things happened. And as soon as she came downstairs, I knew that uh, Finley had to be close. And shortly after Reagan woke up and came downstairs, um, not too much longer Finley was born. So I just wanted just to come on and to say that she's here. She's been here for uh, a month now and we just we just wanted to prioritize rest and protect the newborn bubble because you blink and it goes by so quickly and uh, yeah so I just wanted to <laughs> you wanted to say hi just wanted to come on and say thank you for praying for us um, and for praying over our family and everybody is well and happy and we are figuring out being a family of four and just really grateful for this space and for this community who has covered us so well and, and that's all from us okay thank you and there well you got to even meet finley her voice got to be heard and so that's exciting and so that's that's what we're doing right now as we 
move into and toward Thanksgiving here in the United States. And so thank you for your thoughts and your prayers as we think of and pray for you. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, well, thank you. Humbly, thank you. We couldn't do any of this if we didn't do it together, so thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good afternoon, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Deborah from Michigan calling again to give you an update on Jeff and Kathy. Do you remember Jeff was diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia that was very, very aggressive? He went on life support when he received chemotherapy. I so appreciate so many of you praying for him and his wife and including me in your prayers. It's very humbling and I appreciate it so very, very much. It's with great sadness that I have to tell you that Jeff passed away within the first day of receiving his treatment. My heart breaks for Kathy at the loss of the love of her life. You could please remember Kathy in her prayers and ask that she feel the presence of God and His Holy Spirit surround her with His love and that she be comforted in her time of grief. Thank you again. God bless. Deborah. Hi, neighbors. It's Lisa the Encourager. I wanted to call in and uh, pray with Eyes of a Dove for her son, Rylan, and just his journey back to the Lord as he, she said he was a prodigal. And I also want to continue to pray for those out there that have eating disorders. I know Hannah from the UK, her dad has called in a couple times about her, and I just pray she's doing better. And for the others that have also called in um, about their daughters that have eating disorders and anyone out there um, that may be listening to this that has an eating disorder, I just want to pray for you tonight. Uh, along with Rylan. Dearly Father God, I pray for eyes of a dove. I pray that you will soften her heart for her son at the times that he's um, doing things that um, displease her and you, Lord. I just pray, God, that he will know that the love of his mom is so strong that it can be like the love of Christ for Rylan, Lord, no matter what. And God, I just pray that Rylan will change. I pray that he will come home from the uh, ways that are not of God and not of you, Lord, and just pray that he will be able to see that and um, that your hand will be upon it and that his heart will be moved by the Holy Spirit. And dear Lord, I pray for those, especially Hannah, that come to mind about um, her eating disorder, God. I pray that you will continue to guide her 
and bring her through this journey. And I pray that she will be able to overcome. And I pray for all others who have called in, Lord, about their children or or, uh, family members that have eating disorders. God, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help them to overcome their insecurity with whatever they're dealing with. Good morning. This is Angie from South Dakota. And I would just like to ask for some prayers for my father-in-law, Ron, who just found out he has stage four clear cell renal carcinoma. I'd like to ask for some extra prayers for him and his family that God keeps his arms wrapped around us all tight. Thank you all so much. Lord God, um, this is Hope Mom from Central Texas calling um, after hearing um, Christopher's uh, request for his daughter, Lord. Um, we praise you, Father. We we magnify your name. We, we come knowing that you are seated on the throne, Father, that you are in control, that um, nothing passes through to us that has not already come through your hands, Lord. And so um, we just pray over this biopsy procedure that's happening today, Father. We do pray that um, Christopher's daughter would be cancer-free, Lord, that um, biopsy results would show no sign of disease, Lord, that she would be able to continue on in life, um, Lord God, doing your work um, from a a place of health and wellness, Father. Um, But we do pray, um, I I specifically pray that their hope um, would be in you, Lord, that their hope would not be in results um, or providers or care teams or, um, or anything other than you, Father God, having sat in that position of, finding a lump and waiting for biopsy results lord there's there can be fear there can be anxiety so pray against those things father and these precious um children lord that they would fix their eyes on you and that um they would be made at perfect peace because they trust you lord thank you for your faithfulness god we love you amen